Hello! Welcome to Real Disagreement. I'm doing hand gestures to really build my enthusiasm. Every Amy's time. Amy's making fun. Not every time. Yeah, pretty much. Well, whatever. It's going to have traditions. Uh, this is the podcast where we make each other watch a movie we suspect they will not like, then we disagree and we argue about it. It's Real Disagreement. Now you're I'm Rob. <laughs> That's Rob, I'm Amy, and we have a special guest. Special guest. Burr, burr, burr. I brought the soundboard again this week. Nice. Right, here, what, did, was there a sound you wanted to hear? Um, you did a frog last uh-huh. week. Yeah. So, a bat. Oh. <laughs> that's the frog, that's the bat button. I just that's had a, amazing technology. It's really good. This is a really well-equipped podcast. Yeah. That voice you just heard is Evan Unruh. Howdy. Is that how you pronounce your last name? I pronounce it Unruh, but I'm not really partial to... Do you... I've been saying it wrong all this time? Well, un, Unruh comes from the root word unruly. That's, that's the actual... It comes from a German word, Unruh, which means restless. I regret asking. Sorry. No, I, that's not true. But I'm glad you brought it up because it gives me <laughs> a way to announce I've been saying my name incorrectly this whole time. It's Dougal S? It's Douglas. Is it Duke Loss, really? No, of course not. Oh, I it would have made sense. <laughs> it would have had just the right note of pretension. Yeah, well, I felt like the right way to welcome our first guest was to make fun of him. So. Agreed. Oh, please. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> Evan is an eminently qualified guest for this. He's a professional with this. He's a director. He's creative. He makes things. He's directed movie uh, short films. Directed what, feature as well. Directed feature. Yeah. What, t- tell us what you do. Well, I'm currently in advertising, so I make commercials for a living, so you can't trust anything I say. You're a huckster. Yeah, that's right. Uh, An unruly huckster. Uh, yeah. Aww. So I'm a writer, director. I spend a lot of time writing commercials and then shooting them and figuring out what they should say and more and more getting into looking at really crafting the message from a, a brand standard and figuring out who the people who need to hear about this message are. It's, it's really quite fascinating. Although, I, I don't know if the younger idealistic me would look at me. Oh, that's a whole other... Young me would <laughs> kick me in the nuts. Because I would sell out for anything right now. Like, oh, you, I'll change whatever you want in the story, sir. <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous. <laughs> if I give you a taco, will you change the story? Yeah. <laughs> I like tacos, and I would. <laughs> well, but I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine whose brother is in advertising. Mm-hmm. And um, the job that he's been given, um, they like reworked the positions in his company, and he's now the chief storytelling officer. Mm. And it sounds like that's kind of what you're doing. Is yeah, well, I mean, different roles fall to different people, and so I still get to do the things that matter to me. I still try to make it as good as I can within certain constraints. And you know, as a filmmaker, you're always operating under constraints, whether they be budget or artistic dictates from whoever your partners or producers are and all that stuff. So yeah. it's all part of the chorus. I mean, I, I, for me, it's my job is filmmaking, you know? And it's right. Like, so it's, you know, and it's always, for me, an eye toward making the best film possible. So That's perfect. Well, so then you're an ideal guest for us because you're going to come at it with technical know-how, how to shape message, and you'll be there like, like a metaphysical lifeguard where I've climbed way up my own asshole. <laughs> you'll be able to put your arm up there and pull me at this got weird. There's, yeah. yeah, there's some places I've been able to go. Up my ass? It might. <laughs> <laughs> I was told, I was worried that I was going to get ganged up on. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing about me, here's the other, not to talk about my name too much, I'm sorry, but there, there's another word, unru, in the German language, which is spelled with an, an, an E, I think, which actually <laughs> means 
which actually means the part of the clock that keeps time. And so I also have a very... Isn't every part of the clock yeah. the part that keeps time? But the, the <laughs> Is it just the German word for clock? What? I think it's just the German word for clock. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I tried to elevate the podcast, but apparently... <laughs> this is an undignified... Clearly. It's... it's it's too, uh, I'd like to say, I certainly, I'll say about Amy. Amy is an extraordinarily intelligent woman, and we managed to take her high intellect and drive it straight into the gutter. Yeah. That's kind of what you do, though. That's it? what. Yeah. That's my go-to move. All right. Um, so, welcome. Thank I'm glad you. you're here. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm sure. I, I appreciate the invite. Yay. This week was about... A, oh, I, 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 you. I'm sorry. I have to make an announcement oh. so that I don't have to add it in last time. Sure. Like I did last time. So just to be clear... Um, yeah, by the way, before you do the announcements, do you take sedatives? <laughs> because, holy smokes, it's like a, it was an ASMR video that's made by I'm, someone who's sleep talking. That's what I'm going for. No, okay. it's because I'm usually doing it on the internal mic, mm-hmm. and I'm like sitting at my desk, and I'm leaning forward, <laughs> so it comes out like, hey guys... Is the Maybe. microphone in your mouth at the time? No, because it's in the computer. Oh, I didn't know if you put the whole computer in your mouth. That's what internal means. Thank um, you. So. We're so combative already. Oh my God. This is going to well, be a nightmare. It kind of started a few hours ago when you stalked me in a restaurant. That is not accurate. <laughs> but it is remarkably inaccurate. And then upon meeting some friends of mine for the first time, started fighting with me in public. So. I, we... Remember this very differently. Okay. Um, the announcement <laughs> is that we've changed our recording schedule because it's just right now it's too hard for us to do watch two movies, sometimes ones that we have to order or that we have to trade amongst each other, um, record, and for me to have time to edit and get it all done and do that every week. It was just too Including hard. your job and your actual life. Yeah. That sounds rough. Yeah. Add, add to it, yeah, the full-time jobs and... As public educators, the end of the yeah. year is full of nighttime events and things like that, and I don't even have kids like Rob does. So, public I'm educators. Not, it is noted. Is that the official industry term, public That's educators? That's right. Okay. I have kids, but I'm a terrible father. So that mm, clears up a lot of time on my schedule. <laughs> it's not a problem. Well, Absentee father doesn't take as much time as you'd think. Not much at all. Not much at all. <laughs> it's really a lot of like, I make promises and then I don't deliver. So it's fine. So that's just the trend in your life. <laughs> what, what are we talking about here? All of it. Wow. God, this is going to be so um, combative. So, so we're slowing down our production yeah. schedule a bit. We're shooting for three a week, a month. Oh my Dude, God. Sure. <laughs> three, three for three a, three a, a month. month. That's um, the goal. So that's roughly ten. Uh, one every ten days, though. This one's coming out a little over two weeks since yeah. the last one. Because, yeah, stuff happened. So It did. Please keep it listening. Did. We'll start getting them. You know what we should do this summer? We should bank a bunch. I agree. Okay. We, we could totally do that off mic, have that conversation. It's a good thing you can edit this whenever you want. <laughs> I don't so, think you should. I think that would be... That's really behind the scenes nuts and bolts. The only thing I ever edit is my jokes that fall flat. Oh. <laughs> Which makes me sound like my batting average is much worse than hers. But in fact, I'm crushing much of the time. Uh, hey... You, I, if I have to do the three hours in front of the computer to That's edit, staring, That's fair. I get it. staring at a waveform, which can be like hip, hypnotic. Um, that would explain how you sound. That's, that's why I sound the way I do. All right. Yeah. Then I get to... Um, I get know, it. I get it. You know what? Shine my edges a little bit. 
That's all right. I don't think there's a phrase. <laughs> so here's what needs to happen. We don't need to talk about last episode. I just feel like those are it's well-traveled paths. We need to go forward, by God. Agreed. Onward. Horace Greeley style. Go west, young man. That, right? Is that, that what that Horace Greeley said? I don't that know. is uh, not the same thing. Okay. This week we have, but speaking of Have Gun, Will Travel, we have two films that could not be more diametrically opposed to one another. I disagree with that already. Holy shit. I think just it's essentially, wait. it's you the wait. same movie, oh. just with a, with a slightly different You line. shut your mouth. <laughs> so. But, however, they both are described as having cult followings. So that was mm. a similarity. That's oh my god. The point is, <laughs> we wanted to get back to movies we would really have conflict on. Yeah. And so, I picked El Topo, um, which we'll talk about in a moment, and Amy picked... Clueless. Clueless. The Amy Heckerling film. Yep. And let's start with that. Okay. So let's that's, do it. that's you. That's, here's my haiku. However. Oh, yeah. I'm, are we going to let our guest share his haiku first? I'm still, I'm still working on my clueless haiku. I know. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Let's hear it. You're not going to top this. This is going to be. Mine's pretty be weak. I got to be honest. All right. Vapid, awful girl. Loves fashion and stepbrothers. Being rich is hard. God, that's so inaccurate. And also, you plagiarized yourself. What are you talking about? I plagiarized myself. Your first line is how you did your haiku for Kate in French Kiss. It's amazing how similar... You did it on purpose. All the movies... Actually... I hate you. (laughs) There are amazing similarities of the movies you pick. Extraordinarily similar Because I'm doing it on purpose. Like, if... The... Like, so no, yeah, I get it. We agree but you, on but good all the things you like that manage to be bad are the same movie. Bad in your opinion. Bad in the sense of like ice cream is good and being kicked in the face is bad. They Rob doesn't understand this distinction of opinion. No, it's This is the nature of the show. <laughs> he doesn't understand that opinion is not mandate. You you started a conversation online about this movie. And the yeah. majority, for the second time now, yes. the majority of your friends agree right. with me that this is a fun movie. Which goes to prove an assertion I've had for some time, I need to cut away some of my friends. You do. They are <laughs> awful brain dead people, and I don't approve of them being in my life. Well, you just did it there. Yeah, right? you've, taken a, yeah. you've taken your first step. Yeah. You're <laughs> off, clueless fans. You're not invited to my 40th birthday party. Um, let's talk about so. I'm going to tell you the plot in the barest bones possible to make a point in just a moment. There's a young, rich girl who is trying to be happy in her societal ways. Um, She has friends and fashion, and she kind of plays with the hearts of others in the sense that she plays with the hearts of those she tries to be romantically involved with, but she also tries to set up those in her life into other romantic relationships. She is pseudo-clever, she's kind of funny, and that is the plot of the novel Emma by Jane Austen. She's also very kind. You, okay, you no, wait, hold on. Wait. In Emma, she is kind. Clueless takes the structure of Emma and puts it in a Southern California high school. And instead of having these clever, interesting, urbane women who are held back by society standards... 
you get these entitled, terrible young women who think they're being kind, but what they're really doing is they take this, uh, at one point, so Alicia Silverstone plays Cher, the lead character. And Cher and her coterie of popular girls. Alicia. Like it matters. <laughs> like it matters. She's an awful human. I do not need to be nice about her. She's terrible. Why, why, why do you say that? She's an anti-vaxxer and she's all about like, I don't care if other kids get sick. She's an awful, she's terrible. Blah, blah, blah. Got it, okay. <laughs> so, <it's awful. laughs> wow. At least it's based on really just it's a, solid it's okay. good Between it's a, her and Stacey okay. Dash, he's just going to be Oh like, my god, this whole cast them. is full of terrible people who are all about, it's okay if poor people suffer as long as I don't. Which is amazing because it's so much what this movie's about. This movie's about rich people and rich people problems that don't amount to shit. Well, that, that, that's true. That is true, that it's about rich people. The only time you see poor people in this movie is when they're being threatening in some way. Or Otherwise, they're just poor people of. in this world. Yeah, they're <laughs> being mocked. When so, were they mocked? Um, they, when they take, uh, what's the new girl's name? Um, Brittany Murphy's character. Ty. Ty. Right. They take Ty into, her cir- into their circle. She's clearly from a rougher life. Mm-hmm. And she's not acceptable until they make her into one of them. That's not true and at all. That is exactly what this is about. They bring her they in. They force her to be something she isn't because they don't approve of who she naturally is. They help her. To help move, her? To move up in the social standing. Because that's the thing that matters is social standing. It does when you're a teenager and it does when it's based on Emma. Well, I think... When this I is think, why I hate Jane Austen novels in general anyway. It's all rich people problems that I don't give a shit I, about. But I think you have to at least at least give the you have to at least give them the nod to they are trying to help. They believe that they are trying to help. Oh well, oh yeah, the road to hell is paved to best intentions. Well, but there is a distinction between people who aren't trying to help, at least even in their own mind, and people who are trying to help, and they are definitely trying to help. They are trying to help in the narrow, superficial way they are capable of. So Cher is navigating her way through this very affluent Beverly Hills High School. Uh, true. That's true. Yes. I'm just yeah. I'm just fact checking. Just making sure that you're Why not am just I getting kicked in the nuts everywhere. No, I'm just I'm just trying to keep you on. You know, no, this is true. It's an affluent Beverly that, Hills High correct. School. That's correct. You are okay. correct in what you said. All right. That may not continue. She tries to. <laughs> my god, I hate both of you. I like so, him. I know you do. So, because you were worried to be a gang up. I knew this was going to go against me. I knew it. Wait, how's it going against you? you trying, to, wait, trying to hold you to facts is going against you? You don't like that? When they don't agree with my point? Yes. <laughs> I'm just, so, just trying um, to be clear about... Cher, uh, through much shenanigans, tries sure. to arrange the love lives of those around her, particularly yes. of Ty. But not only that, she also cajoles her speech and debate teacher into dating a guidance counselor. True. Not, however, to make them happy. No. To make it so she will have a better grade in class. It's an interesting yeah. part the theory of the- that if they are happier, she'll be able to do, have better grades. And she goes through and cajoles all of her teachers to raise her grades. Yes, that's She's absolutely true. She's a poor student, but manipulates people into giving her better marks than she really deserves. Her father, who is a piece That's a great shit, line, though, in the movie. He's like, where, she's like, are you proud of me, Daddy? Yeah. He's all, yeah. I'm almost as proud as if you'd gotten the real grades. You're yeah, because he's a piece of shit, too. How, how can... Okay, wait. First... That side, may be true. Side note. Side definitely note. true. Did you notice the actor's name, the actress who plays the guidance counselor? 
No, she looked familiar, but I did not. What well, she's name? also the associate producer um, and oh. was on with the project from the very beginning, but her name is Twink Geist. Twink really? Geist? That's a crazy is name. She, why isn't she and Hook playing t- Tinkerbell instead? I don't know. She would have been lovely, actually, Okay, so funny. I feel like Okay, so then... Before. Secondly, though, how can you... <laughs> what evidence do you have that her dad is a piece of shit? Like, other than being a lawyer... He's an aggressive litigator who rewards his daughter for cheating her grades. Okay, but I feel like you and I have had the conversation before uh-huh. about how high school and, and education beyond that is mm-hmm. a big process of knowing how to play the game. She plays but the there's game. A di- no, wait a second. What? No, I have not said it's about how you can manipulate your way through school. You learn to play the game in fact of, I am supposed to do this, I'm supposed to do that. Here's what this you teacher needs You appeal to the things me. you need. You write, it's like writing for your audience. This teacher wants this style paper. This teacher rewards this style student. There's a difference between that and trying to wiggle your way out of a poor grade that you've earned. She doesn't wiggle her way out. She, she literally wiggles she her way out. She makes a convincing argument. She no, manipulates no, the teachers. She does not make a convincing argument because you do well, not, not see the love. argument. Yeah, no. That's no. a whole that's a huge thing. You don't see the argument. All you see is her manipulation of their love lives. And the but, other but, teachers but, it seems clear. It's a good effect. And and, oh. and she's almost she's changed to the thing is she goes after it completely self interestedly, which is mm-hmm. accurate. And then as a byproduct, she's done something that actually is making them happy. And, it feels and she good. gets a high on that. And she decides to she do more to good deeds, which by, leads to another great line. By changing a young girl into something she isn't and steering her away from the boy she genuinely likes. I think likes. that's one of the biggest flaws of the movie. One of the biggest flaws of the movie is for that period of time after she's rescued her grade, mm-hmm. she is taking Ty, who clearly loves the skater dude. Yeah. They, they have a bond instantly. Is adorable in the movie. Yes, he Rick is. Meyer's great. But yeah, he is. also, I think he's just secretly young Bill Maher. <laughs> You're not wrong. Not this saying. is a wonderful conspiracy theory. The, I mean, like, because my partner was watching it with me, and he just kept going, "Is that? I mean, it's not Bill Maher, right? Like, he's too." And I was, he says, "Is he related to him?" And he said, "No, his name's like Brecken Meyer or something." And he and he's like, "Same initials." And I said, well, it is. And then he ca- the and then, and then when he comes and he returns his bong, and yeah. my partner just goes, "Yeah, yeah, it's Bill Maher." You know what? You know what Brecken Meyer's up to these days. He's he, done a lot. He's done a lot, but he's in like the Garfield movies playing John. Like he's working, but I'm sure just every day. But he had a whole t- he had a TV show for like three seasons, Franklin and Bash. I hope he put oh, some all right. money in the bank. I'm sure he's doing he well. He did financially. a ton of stuff. Well, so, he works like Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus is coming out saying there's no good parts and I'm broke, which I have not much sympathy for because. He was, he's won an Academy Award. He's been in a lot of great movies. You didn't save yeah. your own damn money. Well, he can just go to Comic Cons and sign Jaws stills and be rich forever. Probably, yeah. yeah. He definitely can. Yeah. I, all you need is one, like, kooky project <clears throat> now in life, and you can just go to Comic Cons every weekend and be a rich person. I have a question just about the nature of this podcast. Is it just an absolute mosh pit free for all, as it seems to be? <laughs> yeah. Or is there any kind of structure well, to the. To the well, there's yeah. 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 I'm supposed to finish giving line. a synopsis here. <laughs> oh, I thought you were done. No, how could I be? What? I haven't even mentioned Paul Rudd. Get to that part. Paul Rudd's in the movie. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. <laughs> I did know. Yeah. But and he looks so, exactly the same. Do you know who they originally, he looks better now. I don't think he looks that great in the movie. Do you know who they originally wanted for that role? Mm-hmm. Oh, Ben Affleck. I'm having 
hard time picturing that at all. That's like, I think it was Amy Heckerling or Twink Geist was like, it's got to be Ben Affleck. And then it came down to something with the studio. Was it Ben Affleck before or after the comic movie, that first one they did? Oh, it'd be way before. Well before. It was 1995. It would have been right around the same time as Buffy. It would have been right after Buffy, yeah. Um, um, but it's but then it was something with he wouldn't work with Paramount or something like that. He was in no position to make those kinds of demands. He was well, because they wanted him to work on spec and pay him when the movie got, and he was like, no. That's weird. But so Paul Rudd plays the stepbrother of Sher. Well, kind of former stepbrother. Ex stepbrother. That, that is one. That's like the that. only line I really like in the movie, as far as making Dan Hedaya not seem like an asshole, meaning Sher's father. He makes me laugh. He's great. He's I like a great actor. He's so funny. He's such a good actor. Like the most he plays yelling at me. Um, so no, I'm saying he's a great actor. That's not yelling at you. Just so yelling near you. That also that. <laughs> so Dan Hedaya is uh, taking in this kid in the form of Paul Rudd, and uh, there's a, a line with the daughter with Cher where she says, "Why do you have him here anymore? Yeah. You divorced his mom." He says, you divorce wives, you don't divorce children. It's a good line. And that was actually really kind of sweet and endearing. That Yeah, but I said I'll take care of this kid, and I'll take care of this kid. Yeah. And he takes that seriously for life, which I thought was really charming and wonderful. There's an undercurrent of kind of um, taming of the shrewish, much ado about nothing banter between the two of them, between Paul Rudd and Alicia Silverstone. They're always kind of bickering sweetly, and then it turns out it flowers into them loving one another. Yeah, a little team issue. It felt a little more. Um, I think maybe much to do about nothing's closer to it. The the one no, the one based on Pygmalion, My Fair Lady. This little, what? Yeah. No, because she doesn't have to get like refined. But, but he suggests that she become well, a better person. Right, refined you know? in the sense of more like social, socially conscious. Socially yeah. conscious, which she kind of does. Yeah. She helps at the Pismo Beach disaster. She does in her own way. <laughs> she donates skis to it. What do you want? She's a kid. She's an affluent, sheltered kid. That's true. She's 16. I mean, you might be doing be being unduly hard on her. What did I, you do when you were 16, Rob? Uh, I did a lot. I did all kinds. I was super politically active. I was working. I was in school productions. But who I started did you the, help? Like... You want names? I mean, you're judging. <laughs> you're judging her for donating was, things that she felt were superfluous to her I life. I donated. I I was part. I was politically active. I was knocking on doors during elections, and I couldn't even vote. Like I was extremely active. Well, she was dipping her toe in. It was the first time. Well, I'm so glad the rich girl finally learned other people exist. So you thought she was vapid? I absolutely think she's vapid. I think she's still vapid at the end of the movie. I think you're too harsh. What? Oh my! What is I'm not, going on? I'm not. I'm not sure that you're too harsh. I'm not sure that it matters if she's vapid or not. I don't think that it really matters. Well, it's you're right. It doesn't matter in the sense of you're going to like her or not. This is who the character is. This is the premise of the film. It's a it's a joyride. It's a sightseeing through these rich people's lives. My actual real issue with her characterization. I'm sorry, and then you can do your synopsis. No, that's um, fine. Is, this, is, this is a really long synopsis, dude. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is how we this do it. You should, should do it shorter. This is how we do it. Um, that was... I gotta do it every time. Um, the, really something. <laughs> <laughs> um, my issue with her characterization is that she, and I wrote it down, but she um, 
you said she's pseudo clever and kind of smart. And that's yes. the thing was I felt like that wasn't consistent because yeah. because in her speech and debate class, she actually gave like pretty solid analogies. It wasn't a bad analogy that she used. In yeah, it was her, not a bad In analogy. her debates, but then says to the maid who works for them, I don't speak Mexican. And I just... Oh, she's awful. That was rough. That was, that was There were two super rough, socially unconscious what moments. What was the other one? And she says, I felt like a retard. However, you have to deal but with it being 1995. Yeah, 1995. I'll give it its, its historical context. Of course, yeah. of course. It its gay right stuff is a little ugly, and too, it but it's all right. It's what you it is. know, I paid super attention to that, and I wasn't terribly... Maybe it just partly hurt, because you're asking who I was in high school. I was real into reading uh, William Burroughs <laughs> and dressing like Jack Kerouac. So that hurt real bad for me. But so just back to Cher uh, though, I it it yeah she says I don't speak Mexican and I just feel like a a young girl who goes to what has been established as a pretty good high school seems that um, way. who is very caring towards the maid in her home and has a close seems to have a you know close enough relationship with her to oh sorry um, <laughs> Michael picked that one up I'm getting snapped at um. I just don't feel like she would say something like that. And there, I feel like it's within the within her character. And there's other well, and there's other moments where she's she's insensitive to other people. That's part of her. That's part of her flaw and her and her, yeah. and her but, charm. Yeah. That, but think there's also fits. moments though where charm. she's stupid, and I'm like, that, but, right. she, but she's not a stupid girl. I you know? I think she's I think she's I don't think she's terribly bright. I think she's bright-ish, but she's she's not portrayed as being. Very clever and then super dumb in the next. But that's what moment. makes Jane Austen novels fun. Because I don't like Jane Austen. I think it's too much God, rich people say issues. Say it one more time. But but here's where I will give Austen credit. Not which her characters are incredibly intelligent and funny and clever, and they just bomos just fall trippingly off their tongue. It's like a Dorothy Parker off. Wow, how many that things can the, I drop in there? Oh my god, that was so gross. <laughs> my friends don't call me Algonquin for nothing. <laughs> no, I just kind of gallivant out of the room. Are you going to put on your white suit in mourning for Tom Wolfe? Oh god. People should totally wear white suits and black suits at his funeral. It's a great I'm idea. I'm sure that that will happen. I just, I, I'm sure you're right. It just hadn't occurred to me. You're very correct. You're right. No, I saw that he passed and I was like, Did you oh. hear that? You said you're right. Okay, we can move on to the next movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so just that. This is where this lacks for me. Jane Austen novels, at their very, if you don't give her no credit for anything else, they are fun to listen to. Okay. They're so charmingly written. This is not charming. This is the spine of Emma and none of the charm. Of okay, but uh, hold on. I have, to, I have to pause you there for a second because, again, 23 years old. I saw this movie when it came out, and I enjoyed it. Now, this watching it this time... A lot of the jokes fell flat, but a lot of it is because it's 23 years later. Mm-hmm. And and what was very relevant then when it happened is not relevant now. And so most of them fall. There are still a couple of good jokes. But to say that it's not clever, it's to like to look at Dress to Kill and say that it's not a stylish movie, which it was Whoa. cutting edge at the time. But now you watch it and it looks like a bad TV movie. See, I, I don't agree. I think it's still stylish and sharp. It is not. It is I not. I just watched it like six months ago. I, I just watched it too. And it just, it is not the love, because things have become so much more smooth and polished in, in this day and age, movie making wise. 
that you can, you see the bumps in the dolly and the and the lens is too blurry. It's just it's not it's not that one of the things that Dress to, Kill, Dress to Kill had going for it was uh-huh. it was so ahead of its time visually. So controlled. Yes. Yeah. And now it's so behind the time. That'd be a good movie that if, for a podcast. If somebody... Yeah. I've Have you seen, seen it? it so. Oh, <laughs> such a good movie. Oh, man. And it was you who was telling me that Brian... Uh, uh, that Quentin Tarantino yeah. reveres Brian De Palma he of does, Martin yeah. Scorsese, which I, I think that's badass. Anyway, but the, but it's the same kind of thing here. I don't think you can judge 1995... It's not an, it's not enduring writing, granted, right? Because it's not standing the test of time. Uh-huh. A couple of jokes are pretty great. Like, I have a forty-five in a shovel. I don't think you'll be missed. Boy, that I really did not. I, I thought that was great. I mean, it, not, maybe not even in that movie, but I think it's a great line. Oh. But um, the balls flying in my face line is that's still that's a good line. The funniest in the whole movie. I well, and the visual jokes of every time they go through the masses of students, another one has a plastic surgery yeah. bandage on, and they're like that was pretty great. Scratching under the bandage with the antenna from their nineteen ninety-five cell phones. Yeah, like, that was good. Yeah. So that I mean, so it is. I think it is a, essentially a clever movie that just hasn't stood the test of time. That's what I would say about that. Like, weren't we just talking about this with the last episode that you have to analyze the context because, like, the clothes. Well, we're gonna get to El Topo, and if you're not talking about context, yeah. then you're gonna shoot yourself in the foot for no, that no. one. Because it matches <laughs> clothes. That... Actually, it's both feet and your hands. No, no, but it's just like you have to listen. I, this is this yeah. is the time for me to. I want to bring this into the conversation, right? Because it's for me. This is. Wait, the, wait, wait, you're bringing what in? The Citizen Kane effect. Oh God. So, okay. I saw Citizen Kane when I was 21, right? And, tw- and Citizen Kane was when it came out in the 30s. The most groundbreaking movie ever made. Sure. Right? <clears throat> By the time I saw it in 1988 or something like that, mm-hmm. every convention that it invented had been copied so again and again and again. That's to what happened to Dress to Kill and De Palma. Is that everyone riffed off of what he did. Maybe. But it's, it's not that it stopped being effective. It's that it got overused. However you want to say it. It's dulled by time. But that doesn't but take No, a, that's not the same thing at all, though. I think it is. To say it is. we've been your, your perceptions of the movie are adjusted by what has come after. That is what I'm saying. Yes, but that's that not is context. That's aesthetic change in film, not because the 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 societal mores have particularly changed. This Evan, we have this discussion like every third episode. But you because, have to because he no, he seriously like is incapable of. of <laughs> Of, of, no, you you're a movie sociopath. Oh, my wife, she listened movie to the podcast. Sociopath. No, what she said is, um, oh, what did she say? She said, you're a movie sadist, is what you are. What does that mean? And I, 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 although I wouldn't word it that way, I can't disagree. No, but, but this is the thing. He, he does do, you do this a lot where, okay. where you are, it's not about looking at it in context, but, but you, you don't want to give, movies credit for what they were when they did it you, you are judging them by today's standards. by today's standards so we had that with um hedwig we had that with some of the ones in the beginning but it's hard it's hard because it's hard it's hard to it's do super. that math because because i saw clueless back in the day i, I remember yelled at by my parents i remember <laughs> that it was clever and then i watched it and i said it's not as clever as i remembered it but i know it was clever then right is and it so, possible no. At the age of 23, no. you were just stupid. No. Are you sure? I'm positive. <laughs> and now I was smart. probably smarter then than I am now. <laughs> so, like the amount of brain cells have been lost. Uh, but, and certainly, I, 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 was not, I was not filmically naive at 23. Sure. I was pretty mature. 
I'd seen more movies at the age of 23 than most people have in their entire lives. Sure. So I, I was still, I think, very sophisticated and sophisticated enough to tell the difference between something that was just garbage and something that wasn't. Sure. Yeah. I, now, wait. I don't think the movie's garbage. Right. I, I, coming back to, again, we do this every time, I come on strong because it's not fun to agree with you. Yeah. Well, but... but I, I, I was wondering how much I don't your, think it's a worthless yeah. film. It's just stick. My whole family hates him. And I'm like, no, but in person, you really like him. Yeah, I'm actually a very nice person. It's just... <laughs> it's not the concept of the it's, podcast. Yeah. And, and other people tell me, like, why? You need to stand up for yourself more. And I'm like, it's... That, like, am I a pushover in real life? No, I'm not. But well, it's... Tough lady. It's... This is... This is what we do. No, but but I didn't finish what I was saying. Okay, please. The, um, this happens all the time, where where you are incapable of. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I but no, I yeah, started. Sure. Please ha- give me a moment to explain what's wrong with you. No, yeah. no, no. I know. Here, let me woman explain you. Um, it's just that it's two independent clauses that need to be linked and not separated by three no, minutes I'm, I'm of good. you Come talking. On. So Oof. the. <laughs> The way we started this podcast was, and, and and speaks to what you said earlier about the movies that I like have consistent themes. It's because these, I was a bit of a latchkey kid. These were movies I watched at home or the, by myself, you know, keeping myself company. Or these were movies I watched with my mom and it was the summer and it was yeah. me and my mom and, you know, or it's a special time with friends or whatever. And the thing is... Rob has criticized me for not being able to separate my emotions and my memories of my my family and the experience I was having when I saw that movie. But the thing is, because my my enjoyment of that movie when I first saw it are wrapped up in that bubble of personal nostalgia. Yeah. I don't judge it by today's standards. It's not possible to do it if that is what you're suggesting. It's not actually possible but to do. Yeah. Okay. Because because the chemical reactions have already taken place. They've already happened. Ooh, I love you know, that. They, they, they happened oh, in God. the moment of You're watching the movie. Back on. I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm, uh, listen, I am not taking sides at all that in any way, shape, or form. Definitely not true. But I I I I, I, I refuse to. I just try to say like what I think is true about I, these it, movies. Gosh, I don't think it's a worthless. Not movie. for dramatic effect. I'm pointing me, to the mic. Okay, let me come back. I'm going to prematurely say something. Okay. I would recommend this movie to your mother. I would recommend it to lots of people. That's how we end every movie is... Would so, you recommend but that's it? good. That's, that's, I think that's fair. Thumbs up or down. I think that's we fair. We recommend to Amy's mom. Yeah. To Gail. Gail. To Gail. So <laughs> I would recommend this movie to Gail. I think it has plenty... I think it's a perfectly acceptable, disposable popcorn movie. I think it's it's fun. Yeah. I think as things are fun, I think seeing the, because I remember, I was thinking about the clothes in it. Yeah. And the clothes are so over the top, but it's not over the top because it's, fashion has changed so much. The clothes were over the top in 1995. Yes. Yeah. They're extreme and it's, 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 it's a parody of fashion (laughs) and that's really fun. The yeah. boys and like how are you supposed to be interested in high school boys? Which then school? it was so much like it is now that it blew my mind. But also they're all wearing Jenkos. Like, yeah. oh God, I'm so glad. I got a question for you guys. About yeah. It. So, so talking about the merits of the movie. Yeah. So, and you said, so I guess the question I have is, does it transcend at all above just, yeah, I, the movie I compare this to is like Legally Blonde. In fact, sure. when I finished this movie, 
That's what was next in the queue. Because oh, I really thought it could be a prequel to Legally Blonde. Right. my mind right. watching. Yeah. It's, 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 it's of the same caliber. And the and question it's that I same have is... This unlikely debater and arguer yeah. finding their voice and coming up and being underestimated as ditzy. Right. It seems very much almost like a companion piece. Right. But the, so the question I have is, is, does it go beyond just an entertaining but fairly empty of calories and nutrition kind of... Meal. I want to. Does it transcend it? Yeah. Does it transcend it all? I want to answer first. Yeah. Um, no, and and that's because it's based on Emma. So so. I was gonna say the same thing. I I want to do my little minute and a half on Jane Austen. um, Because you hate, but. Oh, alright, but I'm timing. I I actually studied Jane Austen in college. I um, wish you all could somehow see the hand gesture. She my, just did. my brief, it was like a Nike swoop. My <laughs> brief dip into literary analysis, where I uh, it was only C I got. It was no. Yeah. Oh. It was so wait a second. <laughs> this was your worst grade. Is the only C I got. And that's yeah. the speech you're about to give us. Yeah. So it's gonna be really good. Um, <laughs> right. Now, not to mention you based the selection of your movie on your C grade analysis. Yeah. No, but. <laughs> Well, but, and that was the class where I went, wow, I do not want to be, do anything with literary analysis. And, and then, then you became an English teacher. And then I became an English teacher. Um, no, so here's the thing. Emma is my least favorite of all of her, okay. of, of the published books. Um, and I think Emma as a character is the least of all of those good things you were saying about, mm-hmm. about Jane Austen. The Austin. charms of Austen. Yeah, yeah, Jane Austen's characters. Right, so so that for me is maybe why Cher, like that to me would explain why Cher isn't as interesting as say a character who would be based on a Lizzie Bennet okay. from Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. Um, however, the thing about mm-hmm. Austen that I loved to learn about her, and you say it's oh rich people problems, which is so super unfair. It's these are yeah, it's kind of a dumb comment. Wait, wh- how's it unfair? These are the stories of what women had to go through because they weren't. In uh, they weren't um. Oh my God, the word when you're they weren't enfranchised. They weren't okay. enfranchised members there's, of their society. There's so I will concede that yes. I'm gonna come back to it, but continue in that time period. Yeah. Right. Right. And so it's the machinations that women had to do to provide for themselves, right? So sure. but, none of which are present here. No. Um, so, but also learning about like the history of Austin and the history of Austin in the British culture and that like soldiers who went to World War One took two books with them to the front lines, the Bible and Pride and Prejudice. Um, be, or, or other Austin novels in the same way that when I was living in France and was homesick, I went and spent ridiculous amounts of money on French to English translations of Steinbeck novels because I just needed to read descriptions of California. So, so Austin was telling the story of some of her experiences and the women mm-hmm. around her and, and recognizing an imbalance in the society that was super unfair because every novel has that in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but also she was writing the popcorn stories of her time. And, and so, so no, Emma de- or Clueless doesn't transcend because Emma didn't transcend. Mm-hmm. I think well, there's well, I've got the same problem with Austin that I have with the worst parts of Virginia Woolf. 
And this is when the class thing coming. Now, this is not an anti-female author Such thing. Anyone who would talk to me about, oh, we're English teachers. You're doing this. My, like, I have an intensive love for Annie Dillard and Joan Didion. This is not a thing about, I have a problem with female authors in any way. This is a thing where I have a problem with authors that want me to be really sympathetic towards wealthy characters. There's something hardwired in me that I find that difficult to do. In Mrs. Dalloway, when Clarissa is going through her travails about being able to plan her party effectively, right? And it's all paired against the struggles of Septimus Warren and how he is... It's a is, great name. It's a great name. Uh, Septimus is trying to get over the shock and horror of the trenches of World War I. And their, their lives act in parallel. She's struggling to put together a party. He's struggling to put his mind and his soul back together. At the end of the book, spoiler alert for a book that's 100 years old. Um, we when, haven't read it yet, too bad. When Septimus kills himself and Clarissa sees the body, she did not know this young man, but in seeing him, she feels in some way vindicated of her own pain. She experiences a catharsis through the suicide of this stranger. And she's able to go on and find happiness suddenly. I could give a shit about Clarissa's happiness. Couldn't. Thank you. I couldn't give a shit about <laughs> Clarissa's happiness. I care about the struggle of these lower classes who are trying to find peace in their lives and are unable to. Not because Septimus is male, but because he's dealing with real struggle. Not because Clarissa is female, but because in her wealth, she finds things to be important that I find ultimately arbitrary and silly. For me to try and have sympathy for them is hard for me to do. I would be more taken if... So you're admitting it's a flaw in your own character, yeah. not necessarily a flaw with the writing. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm saying it's a personal bias. Because yeah. Yeah. it, it seems very off to me. a hardcore class warrior. Yeah. So again, I was a hardcore class warrior as a young man, and I, I've never really shaken that. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I have the same problem with Jane Austen books. It's that I have a hard time caring about extraordinarily well-off people and their issues, and their issues tend to be not that significant. Okay, but... But they are. Okay. First of all, they're human beings. Yes. And that's the thing. It's not kind of. They're human beings, Mm -hmm. and and their their personal experience... Right, I get that they're not, like, dealing with hunger on a daily basis. It's not Dostoevsky. Right. Right, exactly. Which, uh, that's a... Piece of literature that I love. I love *Crime and Punishment*. One of my favorite novels. So at least I can say something literary in this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the thing is, is, is uh, I understand where you're coming from, and I, right. and I get that, and it's perfectly appropriate to say, "Look, this is not a real problem." And yet, to deny the human experience because someone is wealthy is, I think, not right. I think it's. I think ultimately that's not. That's not in line with. Being a good human. And the you truth have is, a very sound point. Let me ask you a question. And the truth is, it's not in line with who I know you to be as a human being. I, you know, you're, you're, the things you're, like, yeah, no, I, I do not want to watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians. That's exactly what I was going to ask. And, and I don't give a shit about reality, you know, the real housewives of whatever. Yeah. But. I could, I would not watch that if you paid me. No. Yeah. But when, but that doesn't mean that the day-to-day trials of these people it doesn't mean that they don't experience but that's, those aren't real problems those are manufactured well problems. yeah but they're, it's okay. reality but, but, but it, except in the premise of the show yeah, yeah but it doesn't 
it doesn't mean that they don't experience the human condition. They right. do. They okay. do I'm not for a moment saying they don't experience things. I'm not for a moment saying that they aren't entitled to their pain. You're just not I'm interested in watching. I don't care about reading. it. I don't need to be audience to it. Okay, that's, but a, I think you do. that's a better statement to I say I don't do. want to be audience to it than to say I don't care. Because I don't care is a highly unempathetic thing I to say. I don't care to see a movie of it. I'm not saying I don't care about their, their struggle as human beings. I believe all human beings have dignity. I'm a hardcore humanist. Right. I want everyone to have their own level of satisfaction. But in my introduction, so I'm not saying in real life, if, if Cher really existed, I hope terrible things happened to her. Nothing of the sort. I don't need this to be the stories I pay attention to, though. I gain nothing Maybe of learning about the human experience from it. Maybe you do. Maybe you need to learn how to have more compassion and understanding for people who are wealthy and not judge them just because they're wealthy. Did we just say I need to have compassion for them? What is... This is... Now I'm I know saying, Trump's president. I'm not saying... This is it. <laughs> I need to have more compassion for I'm not for saying that's true. I'm just saying maybe it's true. I, I don't... I'm not... You know, I'm not saying you should go out... You would be a better person if you watch more movies about rich people's and their... Rich people's <laughs> and their problems. I'm not saying that that's the case. But it's... It's possible that there's something in there. You know, because the thing is, is I felt for Cher, right... But I, I, the thing, because I, I didn't read Jane Austen, right? But from a structural standpoint, looking at the yeah. script of this movie, there was a, an essential flaw for me in it. When she was going after the grade, yeah. right? Even very self-interested. I was still, I was interested in that. Sure. I, I mean, I watched this movie in bits and pieces because it was not that compelling. I, you know, it was I just like I, I, you know, I had to sort of like get up my nerve to watch a little yeah. bit more. So I'm not like saying I love this movie. Um, so, but then when, when she started to try to rearrange the love life of Ty, yeah. and I knew that Ty would be better suited for this other person, now I was like, this is a strange position to be in because I'm now rooting against the main character who I'm supposed yeah. to be rooting for. So that's a very strange thing, which started to be kind of interesting and then I actually really started caring when she fell in love with Josh or when Josh fell in love with her. Then I was actually, for the first time, really engaged in the movie as a movie. So the movie did not have me. I was kind of slogging through it until that point and call me simple or whatever. But I mean, I feel, <laughs> I'm almost embarrassed to admit that like when Josh looked at her in the white dress coming down the stairs, you know, then I, the, yeah. the, but, but that's when I, I fully engaged in... in in the, the connection that was happening, you know? So, so I feel like the movie is structurally flawed in mm. addition to just, but I, I still say it was, I think it was clever for its time. You know but what I mean? And, and, is it fair to say, <laughs> uh, okay, well, like, so, this is going to be yes. a four hour episode. Yes. Yeah. It's yes, totally it going to be a two parter. It um, is fair to say. Former English teacher, mm-hmm. current counselor. So, and we have, there was an online discussion about constructivism. Yeah. It, we really went yeah. deep cuts. Right. And so constructivism is at the heart of the type of therapy that I practice. Right. Okay. So, or the Although in fairness, I was talking about deconstructionism as a literary I, tool, not as a psychological tool. I recognize that. Um, <laughs> we did that online. It's fine. Just saying, I don't want people thinking I like called you out for your practices. Um, so here's the thing. You... Yeah. When Cher um, is trying to manipulate Ty's love life to help her fit into the social strata, that is when the movie is most in keeping with the story of Emma. And and I get that. And it's the the thing is, is like you can't 
you can't blame people for how they're socialized. She she's not trying to be mean. Like we all know no. she was better suited for Brecken or for what the hell was his name? Yeah. Travis Burke. Her intentions were good. I already conceded that. I yeah. conceded that her that's, cons- that's true. She, okay. she was misguided, but that's the name of the movie. Yeah, clueless. But, you mean it could have been misguided? Like she was clueless Which about. They sure said if enough times. Holy smokes! About. They hit that. That movie. was one of the things that really bothered me about this movie. They said it, it was so many times. It was so transparent yeah. in its machinations to align the plot. It was just like it was so like oh they did this and they said this for. It's times. a very blatant film. Yeah. It, it, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And that's that's one of the that's one of the things that much really, like the clothing. It was not right. The clothing is it's was not very funny. But that was like a satirical, yes, interesting thing. Not just poor screenwriting craft, which the other one was. Well, right. I so I did read an article that with a lot of the Amy Heckerling and Twinkgeist and all the people who were involved in the beginnings of this. I don't think you should say that name again. Okay. I don't know. It's like some boy. <laughs> and I need to make sure that figured it's figured out on a chalkboard that it's Geist. Um, uh, no, you see, that's you're doing it. You're doing it now. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the thing I just said, the part Oh, it's not guys. Cool. Shoot, I've been saying it wrong the whole time. It's Kaplan. Those what? are not the same names. That's completely different. But, well, but her character was misguised. Oh, okay. Oh, that's that's true. what I did. So anyway. Um, you transposed it there. I did. Yeah. Um, Can I say one more thing? I just, forgot I was going to say no, that. Oh, I'm interrupting you. How rude. Damn it. Alicia Silverstone was oh, perfect. At the beat, she was perfect. She was what absolutely um, fuck. At she the, was absolutely perfect in this movie. Am I... Am I in the Twilight Zone? Who, she was, who else would play that? I don't know. Someone who's not annoying and can act. She was absolutely perfect uh, in this movie. She's oh, great, great. She could oh, not have been better in this movie. She could, I don't think you could have cast anybody better. Yeah. She was absolutely okay, well, spot well, on for the film that she was in. Okay, you know what? You know, you're I, fond I, of talking I'm about totally the world we what I said. I'm going to take it back completely. I am, I'm in reflecting on what you're saying. You're right. She is perfect casting for the film. She's excellent. I, I actually don't disagree with the word. The thing that I, why I said it is because I, I personally dislike her so much in so many other I things. Know. But the reason I dislike her in the other things is why she's great here. So I take it back. Yeah. You're right. She's perfect for this movie. I don't think I've liked I her in anything corrected. else that she's ever been in. Didn't you love her as Batgirl? And Batgirl I did not. Robin? Isn't that, didn't you tell me that's your favorite not. movie? I well, it's my saying. second favorite movie. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I remember what I was going to say, okay. that, and maybe this can be a final wrap-up point, that that it it's interesting that we're talking about how blatant and unsubtle it is, because this article that I read about it um, gives it credit for the high school movie, which had kind of been faltering. Yes. Um, in the well, early, she early. made the best high school movie of all time. Yes. And then and then people failed to sort of hit that again. Yeah. Um, I don't know, though. Actually, it's... it's Fast Times at Ridgemont High, the best high school movie. I, I think it's considered to be such. I haven't seen right. it a long time, but it is venerated as I don't the think it's like really. It's I don't think it's that. For good. me, like it's not the one I would pick. And like, it I really like pick. Better Off Dead. Yeah, that's such a that's so in keeping with you. It's such a it's such a because the characters are so the the characters in the movie are so marginalized. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're right. right. It's like it. the exact opposite. It's just like they're so downtrodden. I love you know? that movie. Well, the the thing they said in this article was that after Clueless, then that genre got sort of reinvigorated. Totally. And, well, and, and you and, had the can't uh, can't hardly wait. Yeah. And and all the when they did the. Sh- 
show. What was it? The Taming of the Shrew one in high school. Yeah. Uh, Ten things I hate about you. Ten things I hate about you, which I actually really like. And then there's um, the Twelfth Night, which was called like She's the Man or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to there's be, a whole thing to be of like making classics into high school films. Yeah. To be fair, this movie is in the higher end of a high school movie. Sure. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I don't hate this movie. Yeah. I, I think I think I think we're all sort of in the same place with this movie, so we should not talk about it anymore. Yeah, we're done. Because that's 52 I'm, minutes. I'm going to give my highlight, my three things. Oh, yeah, three favorite things. Okay, three favorite things. One, Donald Faison is a gem. Oh, God. He plays Stacey Dash's boyfriend. <laughs> He's hilarious. He He's is, so good. He is fully formed as a comedic talent, and he is a young kid. He's awesome in it. 90% of the music in this movie is fantastic. Oh, luscious jazz. There was a super grass song in this movie. Yep. I couldn't believe it. It blew my mind. I actually had this soundtrack. I think everyone did. It sold right? like crazy. It's so good. But it did have the mighty, mighty boss tones who oh, are yeah. terrible. Were they the ones that were the live? The ska band, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, oh, but terrible. But super emblematic of 1995. Yes, I, I think so. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it captures the era in a way that's kind of remarkable. Um, it's just fun. Thing number three. I'm going to go. It's a little You know, I'm not going to say that because it's a little too easy. I'm going to go with the clothes and the fashion and getting to see mid-90s life, going malls and everything was weirdly nostalgic for me. Yeah. That was kind of neat. The cheat code one would be to say Paul Rudd, but of course Paul Rudd's a favorite thing. Yeah. Paul Rudd's great. There's you no point in me saying no. His teeth go bling. Paul Rudd's great. I think it's taking He's it a little far. I think Paul what? Rudd's good. What? I think Paul Rudd's just this good. This is... Madness. I don't think he's great. I don't even know who you I don't think are. he's ever been great in anything. Wait, okay. Well, you say that with summer? such... You say that with such... Okay. So offhandedly as if it's fact. It's, well, that, I, is, that is fact, actually. Is no, fact. I dispute your honor. I, <laughs> I would have a hard time finding a time when he hasn't been great. He's, he's been good in everything film. I've seen he's him. Great. He's charming in all of them. Um, role models. He is great in role models. Great in role models. Another David Wayne film, like What Hot American Summer. And Wanderlust, another David Wayne film. But they work together a lot. We should move on. We're going to move on. And maybe save Paul the Paul Rudd argument for another time. Whatever. I there is no argument to be had. I, I don't have anything against the guy. I'm just... Why do you hate Paul Rudd? I don't... <laughs> he's just not great. He's just a little, a little bit further than I'm comfortable with. It's, you know, you can live on that island by yourself and the rest of the world will disagree. That's cool. All right. So, <laughs> again, you should, you should, right, exactly. See, uh, you should consider the things you say right before we go into El Topo. Oh, see, that, the three things I liked about this movie, uh, and I'm, I, I feel yes, deeply hurt sure. that you guys think the lines that I like are bad, but she says, oh, what can I do good for humanity? And Paul Rudd says sterility, which yes. I think is a great line. Sterilization is <laughs> hilarious. Sterilization. That was a great one. That's a great and one. And I don't think it's a, a garbage movie. No, it's not. Do you want to do two more favorite things? No. I already, I already said it in the context, so I don't want to belabor the, the point. Hi, it's Amy. And that episode went longer than we expected, so we broke it up into two parts. So that was part one of the Dueling Dozen, because it was supposed to just be our 12th episode. El Topo will be in about a week, a little over a week. We'll release what we said about El Topo with Evan. And uh, if you want, El Topo's on Amazon for three bucks as a rental, and you can follow along in that wild mystery ride. And uh, please go to iTunes and rate and review and subscribe, and also visit us on Twitter 
at Real Fights, R-E-E-L-F-I-G-H-T-S. Trying to be funny out there, but also it's a way that we make announcements and let you know what we're watching next and sometimes ask you questions so that we can get your audience participation and you can feel free to send us your haikus in response to what we're watching or what we've said. And uh, yeah, so El Topo coming out, coming at you a little over a week. Thanks, guys.